Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and practice leaders, hosted by Cheryl Toth and Mike Sakopoulos, and produced by Green Branch Publishing. Well, Mike, believe it or not, we are almost halfway through 2019. It's May 1st. Can you believe it? Arg. How did that happen? (laughs) Arg. Are we going to go with a pirate theme this time? <laughs> no, no, no pirate, no pirate theme. I'm, I'm not feeling very pirate-esque at the moment, but I, I am uh, feeling a little bit uh, overwhelmed that 2019 is rolling along so quickly. So yeah, May 1st, we're not going with the pirate theme, right? We'll go with the pagan theme. It's May Day, Mike, and uh, we're not going to dance naked around a maypole like the good How pagans did. <laughs> but How we are going to talk about compliance because... I mayday mayday different type of mayday exactly right? a different, a different <laughs> crisis type. we got to deal with <laughs> compliance no we're going to talk about compliance it's a serious topic and it warrants serious attention and we know that managers and physicians get so busy just putting out fires and dealing with everything they're dealing with that sometimes you forget to do these really important compliance activities and so what I thought we'd do today is Mike, you have developed this terrific compliance calendar for the last few years. Um, I'm already going to tell folks it's, it'll be in the show notes. It's a PDF download. Not only is it useful and practical and goes month by month, it gives you two or three things to check off your list um, throughout the year to do to you know be compliant, but it's really funny, Mike, because each year you do a different theme, and this year it's Monopoly. Yeah. How did you choose that? I, I don't, I, not, not really sure. I, I had, see, most of this comes from different clients complaining about things. And one of them, we were talking about different activities that had to get, get done. And of course, the person wanted to feel like they've done it once, it's done forever. And I said, no, these are annual events we have to do. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he had been uh, playing a game of Monopoly over the weekend that went on just kind of forever. And mm-hmm. he said, this is just like Monopoly. I can never win and it's never over. And I thought, well, okay, that's one way to look at it. And I do kind of like the Monopoly theme about going around and around and checking things off. So we'll try that as, um, as a backdrop for a compliance calendar. And I really think a calendar helps because it breaks down activities and spreads them out. So it doesn't just seem so overwhelming yeah. and, and dreary. We can kind yeah, of take these month. things out and try to spruce a little fun in there and um, see what we can do. Yeah, because you got the month by month thing and it's only a few items each month. So it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I've got all this to do. <clears throat> and uh, you, you, you splice in quite a bit of humor. I had never heard that background story about the client and Monopoly that, what did you say? It's a game that's never over and I never win or something like that. that, that, You know, which I thought was really fairly astute. uh, Analogy to Monopoly. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Well, okay. So let's talk about some of the fun trivia facts that you put in the calendar that folks will see when they download this. But I did everybody know, well, Hey, let's throw out there. Out there's a question. Everyone listening. When, what year did Monopoly uh, come into being with Parker Brothers? When did they release it? That was one of the things I found really interesting as I was going back because admittedly, I didn't know much of the history of, of Monopoly. And it goes, it goes way, way back. Give us the date, Tothi. 1935. Yeah. 
And there so were actually, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been around a while and, and you have throughout when we won't be able to do all of these, but you have some um, facts about the different playing pieces too. Like for example, the uh, boot, the, the little shoe. <laughs> because <laughs> one of the, the first thing on January, I'll just, here's a spoiler alert. Here's the first thing in January. It says, give expired samples the boot. And you say, did you know the Monopoly token, the boot dates back to 1937. If you have outdated um, medicine samples, now is a good time to do them, give them the boot. And in fact, you suggest that people do that twice a year. So mid year, like right now, they should be checking those samples in their cabinet and giving them the boot. But who knew the boot, appeared in 1937. How cool. It, it, throughout the history of Monopoly, there become uh, many times where it's hotly contested what the game pieces will be, and they oftentimes open this up to the public for voting. Uh, there's a lot more to these game pieces. I, I know that this is far afield from what we're talking about today, <laughs> but it, it does add a little bit of interest, and throughout the calendar, there's talk about different types of, of uh, game pieces and what they were to mean. But the, the overall Monopoly game started even earlier. It didn't have that name and didn't become available to the public. It was privately done. And it was really a um, protest in the days of, of, of Teddy Roosevelt against uh, people acquiring great wealth and the trusts and all of that, mm -hmm. which again, I didn't know, but enough of that history. Let's move on to some practical stuff. To practical stuff. So we've talked about the, uh, for example, checking all of your uh, pharmaceutical samples, giving them the boots. So they should have done that in January. Coming up in June, that's on the calendar, boot those expired drug samples, it says. Other things that hopefully they've done from January to now, May 1st, um, we have the, oh, one of the things I think is important is have practices taken a look at their E&M codes, run a report of E&M frequency by physician and for practice in total, and taken a look at the usage of all the levels against um, the physicians within the group, as well as in their specialty, in their state, and uh, against the national data. And they can do that by getting Medicare's national data, or there are tools out there, like you mentioned the E&M analyzer, which you just enter that the volume data of the E&M codes, and it will create a line graph, and it, it compares it against the Medicare data. So that's something not, that you suggest. Not terribly expensive, not huge amounts of time, but extraordinarily useful when you're trying to get to coding and billing compliance, right? Let's take a look at, at where we're falling on the spectrum of other providers in this area of medicine in our state. Um, are we far more aggressive in the way we're billing than others, or are we potentially leaving uh, money on the table by um, being at the, at the beginning of the, the bell curve? Uh, it, it doesn't give all the answers, but it does, I think, point people in the right direction. And there's some, some sources in the calendar that, that help with that. But I'm a big fan of this because it gives a great return on time and money uh, in, the, in the arena of coding and billing compliance. Yeah, I think for most specialties, it's like maybe 150 bucks, maybe 100. It's less than 200, I'm pretty sure. And it's we'll put that in the show notes of uh, a link to this product. It's you enter it in a spreadsheet, um, and it does the work for you. And it's a Karen's Upcon Associates product, I think. So yes, much faster than trying to purchase the CMS data. It comes in a giant file. You have to parse out your specialty, parse out your state. So 
Okay, so they should do that. And it is a starting point. It really just tells you where the outliers are. And then it's up to the practice to pull some charts and look at notes and see if their documentation supports the code, which, um, oh, which kind of ties us back into the last episode, which we talked to Betsy Nicoletti about documentation. So if you missed that episode on good documentation, check out the, the last one with Betsy Nicoletti. Yeah, she was um, super. Yeah, she was super. So the other thing that I think is important to point out uh, that was this was a February one is to make sure your staff's CPR training is up to date. <laughs> I love you talk about rich Uncle Pennybags. That's the Monopoly man, woman with the monocle. That's the and Monopoly all. guy. I never That's knew that that was his real name. Uh, his real name. <laughs> yeah, and you and said there's a, there's a good story about the artist kind of being lost to obscurity, and eventually the grandchildren of the people contact. I think it was Parker Brothers saying, "Hey, did you know that my grandfather was the guy that." designed your your logo i don't know if that was just a nice contact or if it was in a way to uh, say hey when our family never got money for it that part i don't know but um rich uncle uh, Pennybags is an octogenarian who eats lots of um red meat and so you probably need to think about cpr if you have patients <laughs> like that yeah. and look, our he staff should be trained with cpr on uh, on an annual basis and uh heart healthy uh, month i believe is um is February. Oh, February. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Great time. Yeah. So hearts, rich uncle penny bags, he may drop dead at any moment. So that's a reminder to make sure step CPR training is up to date and you've done the analysis of your EM codes. And then when a couple of things um, in March and April that folks should have uh, done would be update their software because as a reminder, HIPAA considers unsupported software uh, or that isn't up to date as a violation. So you need to do that and uh, update your disaster plan. So that's something people should do every year as well, right? I think so. And if or you disaster have a good recovery. Disaster, disaster recovery. What, what happens if you um, if your practice is subject to some kind of a natural disaster? You're in the hurricane area, or those of us in the Midwest um, have fears of tornadoes coming ripping across us in the summer. So, how do you how do you keep up with your your duties and patient care and, and whatnot? And that's where a disaster recovery plan comes in place. Arguably, that doesn't change a whole lot year to year. Sometimes it will, depending upon what you're doing with IT or if you change location. So it's good to review it and make sure it still applies to where you are each year. Uh, if not, tweak it. And if you don't have one, now's as good a time as any to um, put it together. Put that together. Yep. Um, another thing that in first quarter I think is the best time, and you say that needs to be done annually, is uh, billing and coding training. So everybody needs to be trained, not just for the code updates, but just ongoing changes in, in uh, NC, is it NCCI edits and compliance issues. And that all should be um, logged in the compliance plan that you've sent your staff to training. That's right. This is, a, this is a key area, right? I mean, this is where, where we're deriving all of our, our income. We want people trained and up to speed. We've got lots of potential liability if we're doing it wrong. And we also um, may miss out on a lot of uh, profits if we're not, not doing things uh, correctly. It's certainly, it's one of those things that not only is it a legal obligation, but it's just a darn good idea to do anyways. Um, and, and now's a great time to take care of that. Yep. Um, and you talk about also not just the training, and um, but I guess it's not really in here because it shouldn't be 
an annual, well, maybe it is an annual, an update to the compliance plan. But if people don't have a compliance plan, Mike, what do you have to say to those folks who have not taken the time to develop a compliance plan? I would, I would tell you that uh, the federal government says that you have to have one. Um, and it's not terribly difficult. The law prescribes there's eight points to it and it's fairly laid out. There are lots of uh, places where you can go to get help with this or you can attempt it on your own, but you need to have something to show that you're making some effort to bill the government appropriately for those Medicare and Medicaid uh, patients, that you have a game plan in place, that people will receive some degree of education on an annual basis, that you're going to have some form of auditing. These are the kind of things that are laid out in, in the plan, and my guess is if you do not have a plan, you're probably doing many of the things that you're required to anyways, but you need to, to have, it, have it written out so you can produce it if asked and have something that is a good guideline for where you need to be with your coding and billing uh, practices. And it used to be years ago, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, that this was optional. Compliance plans were optional, but they're not so much anymore. You, you have to do yeah. one. Yeah, right? you need, yeah, you, you need to have this in, in yeah. place unless you're just not um, billing the government at all, which would be the rare, rare right. listener yeah. out there that would be totally cash pay, right? Right, right. Okay, so we're going to start moving into summer. Actually, we're in May now. So, and we're in May, May 1st, May check part of the checklist. And I'm going to start this with a random fact because I love it. Prior to 2008, Monopoly games came with $15,140 in all that colorful money. Today, the game comes with $20,580. So, what <laughs> the cost I of mean, inflation, Tuffy? Right. And who picked these random numbers? I think that's so funny. Um, can, can you think that there's like a big group of people around a table just hashing this out hour after hour, screaming out random numbers? I don't know how this, this comes. Uh, to us, but that's the numbers that have been, been picked I and they're so. definitely set. Well, and as, as you rightly say in the calendar, neither of these amounts are enough to cover your practice if an employee gets injured. So in May, focus on employee safety. So you mentioned it's hepatitis awareness month. So everybody should be cautious of sharps and you want to make sure that you've conducted annual OSHA training for staff. And when you're on, while you're on top of OSHA, make sure all of the right documentation and signage is current and available in the practice. So that's, those are your tips for May. So you've got time with those. It's hard to make these things exciting, isn't it? We've we've got to, um, we've got to do it. And employee safety, OSHA, it's just part of the world that we live in. And this is as good a month as any to, to address that and make sure that everything is, is up to, up to speed. Well, and let's just talk, folks, um, just through the next couple months in summer, and then we're going to leave the rest of the year a mystery. You can download the calendar, and maybe we'll, at the end of the year, do a checkup, but we'll just take folks through summer. And so June, July, and August, uh, one of the things you mentioned for June is conducting a security risk analysis. And I wanted to stop there for just a second, because I know in our past, from our past conversations, Mike, that this is a huge area um, in terms of deficiencies of practices and why breaches are so common, that folks aren't conducting those risk assessments. And further, maybe they've got an outsourced billing company or there's another vendor and those folks aren't conducting good risk assessments. And that's how 
folk, uh, practices PHI gets breached. So you want to talk a little bit about you're, that? You're exactly right. And, and this is another one that is not in the optional category. Certainly, if you are participating in meaningful use of money, you have to have a, a current uh, risk analysis. And under the under HIPAA and the High Tech Act, you're to do a routine, uh, and that's the way the law says it, routine, not annual. Uh, but most people believe that it should be done annually. Uh, risk analysis, and this is a top to bottom look at how you're handling patient information, protected health information. So <clears throat> this is a good good time to to do it. Remember, a high percentage of breaches occur at your business associate level outside the four walls of your practice. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of attention needs to be be given to them as well. And also, if you're using an outside IT vendor to help help you with your e EMR system or, or just generally your, your infrastructure um, with computers, uh, they need to be included in this and, and have provide information for your risk analysis. It's the very first thing that the Office of Civil Rights will ask for when they have a complaint or doing an audit. And they have said this again and again, every time someone from the Office of Civil Rights, which is our HIPAA police, get up and, and talk at, at some seminar to groups of physicians and, and uh, healthcare executives, they will say that the most important thing uh, to start with is a current risk uh, analysis. So you need to put this high on your list. There are penalties if you don't have it, and we're living in a world of lots of breaches right now. It also can impact cyber insurance as well if you don't have it, for certain policies are written in a way that, that are requiring these. So I encourage everyone to spend the time and effort. It is definitely worthwhile, and it is your unfortunately, your legal obligation as well. But it's good to have done. You'll feel better once it's over. I want to just tease out something you said as a bonus tip. It's not on the compliance calendar. But if you don't have cyber insurance, you need to get cyber insurance. Gone are the days where you could just sort of like, that was an optional one, I think, right? We've talked about that in past episodes. No one is a bigger fan of cyber insurance than than I am, uh, Tothi. And I freely admit I do I'm not getting paid by any carrier to say this. I don't have any interest in in what kind of policies you buy. Um, but as a as a professional, both my wife and I we each own individual cyber policies because she's a healthcare uh, provider. So it's I'm not making anything off of this, and I am a customer just like you. But this <laughs> is as important as it gets because a large scale breach, which can easily happen when all your patients' records are electronic now. Uh, can be financially devastating. To me, this is a bigger threat to people than traditional uh, med mal because you've got caps in some states and you certainly have uh, insurance coverage if you're out there practicing. This is an area that traditionally hasn't had much coverage mm -hmm. and has large, large exposure, and it begs for having insurance to cover it. So uh, do, do yourself a a favor and contact your broker and, and get a good policy in place. It is way, way, way too risky not to have uh, an enough, enough cyber coverage. You heard it here, folks. 
Mike Sakopoulos poster child for cybersecurity. I, I, I feel like I need to let a little air into your room and yeah. step down from the soapbox on that yeah. one. I know it's a bit of a rant. I'm feeling kind of like my parents at the moment, you know, lecturing away, like probably what my kids say I do on a routine basis. But, um, but this is, it's just that important. It is absolutely a nightmare if you have an electronic breach and cyber insurance is going to cover costs and also get you the right people to help. So you're not scrambling trying to find who do I do, who do I use for this or that that knows anything. Uh, the, the policies come with a, a cadre of people that know what they're doing that the companies have. So for a variety of reasons, again, and then I will stop um, beating this dead horse, uh, Tothi. Um, we need to have cyber insurance. Okay. There you go. Well, we're going to close out on summer, July and August. And I think that's a happy thought. Yeah, let's close out on summer because this is the time when folks take vacations. And I love how you say, hey, for these months, let's let somebody else do the work. So some of the compliance uh, items to do are, for example, direct your insurance agent to review your liability coverage, make sure you've got enough. And uh, yeah, let's put them to work. Let's put them to work. Don't you think? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're sending all those premium checks. Yep. And I think they can do something. It's summertime, put them to work. You go enjoy yourself, but you need to have, get a review of where you are. Maybe you're paying too much for your coverage. You can get, get the uh, policies, equivalent policies for less, or maybe you have some gaps in your coverage, but a good overall analysis of where you you are with all this type of insurance that you need uh, is something that a broker, a quality broker can provide. So. Well, and I think there's a couple other things too that other folks can do while you're on your summer vacation or that you can sort of direct people to do. And that is uh, have your IT consultant or your website company make sure that the website is compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. So somebody should do that review for you. And did you know that a lot of people still don't realize that I I just had this this week where somebody we were talking about uh, Americans with Disability, ADA compliant mm-hmm. websites, and someone raised the issue, well, that doesn't apply to, to healthcare providers. <laughs> Au contraire. Yeah, it uh, definitely does. A little, uh, <laughs> little Google search, you will find multiple healthcare uh, entities that have been sued on ADA breaches um, in, in just the last six months. So this is an area that there's exposure and easy to, to take care of. Well, there you go. i I'm glad you mentioned that because and put it on the list because I think you're absolutely right. It's something folks kind of forget about. And I think it's because originally the ADA, the, the, the act was, uh, uh, wasn't required for practices or excuse me, businesses of a certain size. I think people still think about that, that, oh, maybe I don't meet the, the, the minimum threshold or something, but they yeah, need so the, to, law, they need- the law views your website as a piece of real estate. Believe it or not, that's the analogy that the law uses. And if you're building something, you need to build for the public, which clearly your website is, it needs to be constructed in a way that is accessible to the the public. So there you have it. There you have it. And the last item on the list that we're going to cover is, again, something to delegate, and that is maintenance on each piece of equipment in your practice. So scheduling the experts, expert maintenance guys to come in and check it out, make sure everything's running properly and optimally. So that takes us through August and I'm going to leave, like I said, the rest will be a mystery. Download the compliance checklist. It'll be in the show notes. And um, Mike, that is going to wrap it up for us for this no, episode. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. I know you think it is. What it? Oh, wait, do you have another fast? Quite important. Oh, wait I, a minute. We I must stop you know. here, my friend, because we have not done. Tell me what we've not done. Word of the show. Word okay. of the show, correct? Lay it uh, on me. Okay. Here's, the, here's your word. Demotic. I'll spell it for you. D-E-M-O-T-I-C. Demotic. Demotic. It sounds like, well, the first thing that's coming to my mind is Ozzy Osbourne. Because I'm thinking <laughs> demonic, but that's yeah, not true, You want to put an N in there, and the, and the answer is no, it, 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 it's, it's not. It is, um, think of uh, the opening of the word as much like democracy, right? So it's, of a, it's an adjective, of or relating to common people or popular, relating to ordinary, everyday, current form of language. So that's, that's the word, demonic. How would I use that? Um, <laughs> so that's like an obscure I, word. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that you can, you can talk about something that is um, a popular as being demonic, right? Um, and I oh, also like maybe Oprah or a popular right. song. Yeah, as a demonic or, show. Okay. Right? Or Game a, of Thrones. Kind of, a, Game, of, Game Thrones of Thrones seems particularly demonic at this time, right? It's uh, we're, we're into the final season of that. Can't wait to see how that one uh, works out. Lots right, of fun. Fair enough. Demotic. Okay. Well, with, with, uh, with, with that, I will, um, I'll let you excuse us, uh, Tothi, because well, we've completed the word of the show. I feel like I have discharged my duty. Okay. So we've got the word of the show. We've got the compliance calendar in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We, we love that you'll, you, you, Keep coming back. And um, if you haven't subscribed to us and you're listening by going to the uh, soundpracticepodcast.com website, consider going to Apple um, or Google Play and subscribing to our podcast and tell your friends. We would love to um, have you share the, share the love about what you've learned here on Soundpracticepodcast. Absolutely. And people should know we drop a new episode every other Wednesday and that we may be reached at soundpracticepodcast.com. Dot com. Perfect. You've got it down. Thanks. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and practice leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions about future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at Green Branch Publishing. For the best in practice management, journals, books, newsletters, and on-demand programming for physicians and practice executives, visit greenbranch.com.